reaching Israel and the world. Chag Sameach to you, beloved ones. That means happy holy days, happy holiday. Because we are now in the end of the fall holy day season as we're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles called in Hebrew Sukkot. Honey, as you know, this is a great feast of thanksgiving. I mean, out of all God's holy days, this perhaps is the one that is marked with the greatest time of thanksgiving and celebration. There are others. Passover, of course, commemorates our deliverance as the the Hebrew people coming out of Egypt and then uh, being brought eventually into the Promised Land. But the Feast of Tabernacles is a great feast of thanksgiving. And you know what? It's for Jews and Gentiles alike. Yeah. You know, I love uh, the Feast of Sukkot because it gets people out in the outdoors. It's a time of celebrating God. It's it's a happy time. It's the, the thankfulness for all His provision that's all around us. And so many of us are caught inside so much behind a computer or, 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 or technology or whatever indoors. And it's a time where we get out and we're just surrounded by God's nature and we can just celebrate the beauty and the greatness of God that's got us to that day and he's going to get us through another day and another day. A time of rejoicing. Amen. So once again, I say Chag Sameach. Let's go now into today's program. Shalom Uvracha. Peace and blessing, friends. I'm excited today. We're going to be doing a show about the Feast of Tabernacles called in Hebrew, Sukkot. I want to welcome my friends today. We've got Noe and Brandon and Jennifer and Ryan. Thank you for joining us today. And we just wanted to try to make this feel a homey to you because this Holy Day Sukkot, it's celebrated just like this. We're inside a sukkah. We're inside a tabernacle. And the reason we're inside this sukkah, beloved ones, is because it reminds us of how the children of Israel lived in temporary booths or shelters when they were journeying in the wilderness for 40 years as they came out of Egypt and were waiting to enter the promised land. And so every year the Torah commands us as the children of Israel to celebrate this holy day, Sukkot, and to build these temporary shelters, individually called a sukkah, plural called Sukkot, to remind us that when we were in the wilderness as the Hebrew people for 40 years, we had nothing but Hashem. We had nothing but God. And yet, even though having nothing but God, we had no insurance policies, we had no jobs, we were completely dependent upon Hashem for food every day. Remember, for 40 years, God sent the manna on the ground six days a week, supernaturally. He sent the quail later in the day. And Israel was supernaturally sustained like this for 40 years. And so the point today, whether you're Jewish, or whether you're a Gentile that knows God through King Jesus, the application is the same for everybody, Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah, that even beloved ones, and I really want you to take this to heart, even if we lost everything in life, as long as we still have God, we will be okay, because He will supply every single one 
of our needs. And you know, Ryan, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but I remember years ago, and I was celebrating the Feast of Tabernacle Sukkot one year, and I was outside in my, in, on my back uh, porch, the same house I'm living in now, and I had a sukkah built, and I was sitting in the sukkah, and I was at a place in my life, Ryan, I was just kind of stressed because I was thinking at the time about all that I was doing to keep things going. And I was getting burned out with feeling like if I stopped, everything would fall apart. Yeah. And I had to say to myself, Lord, I need to get out of the cycle thinking it all depends on me. Mm-hmm. And I need to start depending on you and trusting you. Even as you took care of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness, I need to, sur- I need to surrender this burden that I'm carrying, that it all depends on me, and start trusting you. And I can honestly say, that was like a crisis in my life. For some reason, a freedom came into me just through that realization of being able to give the burden to God, to trust Him to go before me, that really, really made a difference. What do you guys think about that? Is that, does that, um, have you guys ever thought about this or um, maybe never even in reference to Sukkot before, yeah. but just this whole concept of, you know, God had, uh, the, Isra- the Israelites had nothing but God, and yet he was enough. Yeah. How does that, how does that, how do you process that today, anybody? Well, thinking about it, it, it actually uh, reminds us how uh, dependent and um, how focused that our relationship with God should be comparing it to how Israel dependently looked to God in the wilderness as we're transitioning through this life. He's looking at this as our wilderness and our process to the promised land is being dependent upon Him. So it helps me when I think of that. Amen. You know, I remember going through another difficult time in my life some years back and thought, if I lose everything, I'll still have Jesus. And that realization was like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And that's a freeing revelation. So that to me is, is, is an introduction to my really entering in personally for me, what I consider to be part of the depths of experiencing the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah. This realization that Israel for 40 years had nothing but God. They lived in, I mean, look at this here. Yeah. I mean, you would not hire an architect to build this. Yeah. You know, they're building a house on a, 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 not too far from me now. And Cynthia and I took a walk the other day to look at the house. I mean, it's gorgeous. They got all this stuff, you know, all these modern amenities. Uh, they've got a two-car garage. But you know what? We don't need any of that stuff. Yeah. If God took it all away, if he stripped us of everything, we might be happier then than we are right now. It's reassuring to think about God being able to sustain you and just trusting in him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think, Ryan, along with what you're saying about, we, we, we've seen testimonies, uh, you know, oftentimes in the news of communities that get hit with a natural disaster. Yeah. You know, a hurricane happens or a flood happens and, you know, people's homes are destroyed and there's no electricity. And the whole community starts coming together to help each other. And they're given these testimonies. It was such a time of friendship and of fellowship and of community and such a beautiful time of people coming together. And you get the sense from what they're saying that they're actually feeling a deeper richness 
and everybody coming together, yeah. even though they lost everything else, they have they lost their homes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's something else that they received. But listen, I don't want to get too far off the main biblical text. So let's go to the book of Vayikra, the book of Leviticus today. And I'm going to be reading from the 23rd chapter. I'll begin here at the 40th verse, just to set the stage for the biblical precedent of the Feast of Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but Baruch Hashem, the word of the Lord, beloved ones, abides forever. Hear the word of God. Now on the first day, you shall take for yourself the foliage of beautiful trees, palm branches and boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice, that's a key word, because this particular feast is about rejoicing. Mm. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. So this feast is seven days, and there's an additional day added on at the end that is considered to be part of it. Verse 41, you shall thus celebrate it as a feast of the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. So what happens the same time every year, it's the seventh month on God's holy calendar, and we call it in Hebrew the month of Tishrei. And it's interesting, during this seventh month, not only do we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, but previous to the Feast of Tabernacles, we begin in the seventh month called Tishrei by celebrating Rosh Hashanah mm -hmm. called uh, Yom Truah, which is the Feast of Trumpets. That begins this holy fall season. The Feast of Trumpets, if you watch my earlier episode, speaks of the coming of the Lord Jesus, the announcement of the kingdom of God. And then 10 days after the Feast of Trumpets, we celebrated Yom Kippur, or the Day of Covering, the Day of Atonement. It's a time where Israel recognizes the consequences of sin, that blood must be shed. And today we realize that this day was fulfilled in the shedding of Yeshua's blood. And then following Yom Kippur, we have this crown holy day in the fall called Tabernacles. This is a feast of celebration because we've been through the Feast of Trumpets, recognizing that God is going to judge the world and we need to be ready. Mm. We've been through Yom Kippur, where we recognize the consequence of sin. Mm -hmm. And now, since we're through repentance, we're through atonement, now we're celebrating with the Feast of Tabernacles. And during the Feast of Tabernacles, the original context was it took place again in the fall, and it was the time of the last fall harvest in Israel. Yeah. So one of the things that was going on is the Israelites were thanking the Lord. They were thanking the God of Israel for his provision for the fall harvest. And they were also looking forward with anticipation mm -hmm. for the coming winter rains so that they could have a big harvest again in the spring. So it's a time of rejoicing, of anticipation of future blessing. I want you to know, from the bottom of my heart, I love you.
I truly feel God's love for his people here. And my heart, when I'm here to do one thing, to be a source of love, to be a source of blessing, to be a conduit of God's love for them. And I really feel that God is using me to be a vessel of his love to the people of Gulu. People came from all walks of life. People came from near and far. The crowds were phenomenal. And that in itself has impacted greatly the body of Christ. For a Jew to come and begin preaching Gulu out of all place, in my heart, I think maybe Jesus is about to come back because most Jews don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They're waiting for another Jesus. And this one is blatantly preaching Christ and believing in the authority of believers and followers of Christ. Rabbi is a true servant of God, which I believe God is going to use him, not only in Guru, not only in Africa, but in the whole world. Father, strengthen us by the power that raised Jesus from the dead. We've been called to be salt and light to the world, but Rabbi cannot share the truths from God's Word without help from you. Would you pray and consider donating or becoming a monthly partner with Rabbi as he ministers principles from God's Word through television, the internet, and on-the-ground outreaches, equipping the body of Christ, building the church, and evangelizing the world? Call 800-777-7835 or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Join those who have said yes to the calling. Help Rabbi build God's kingdom through the global outreaches of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Call today or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Let's continue on. The 42nd verse. The Lord continues, He said, You shall live in booze, okay? Sukkot or singular sukkah. That's what we're sitting in right now. You shall live in booze for seven days. All the native born in Israel shall live in booths. And so today, all over Israel during the Feast of Tabernacles, you'll see people living in these individual booths. So that your generations, here's the reason why we're commanded to live in booths, so that your generations might know that I had the sons of Israel live in booths when I brought them out from the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh. I am the Lord, your God. So it's a time of remembrance. God is saying, listen, Approximately 3,500 years ago, you, my people, were living in these temporary booths in the wilderness as I was bringing you into the promised land. I don't want you to forget that. I don't want you to forget who you are. And I don't want you to forget that I'm your God. And I want you to remember that you yourselves know what it's like to suffer and to be hungry and to be, to be discriminated against as you were in Egypt. And I never want you to forget that because I want you to treat everybody else on earth in the same way that you know that you should have been treated when you were being abused. And so built into Jewish ethics and Jewish society and into the land of Israel today is a great spirit of democracy where, where the underprivileged are being taken care of because Israel themselves knows what it's like to be the underprivileged and the underdogs. So the Lord continues. He says, so Moses declared to the sons of Israel, verse 44, the appointed times of Yahweh, of the Lord. Now, with that said, what I'd like to do is to make some application, some modern day uh, principles that can be applied to our lives today. 
as we're thinking about the Feast of Tabernacles, you're watching the show today. Uh, some of you are actually building a sukkah in, on your own property. Baruch Hashem, praise God. It's a beautiful thing to do, to be able to sit out here and, and look through the roof. You can see that the roof, you can see through it. And the reason that we leave the roofs semi-transparent is so that at night we can, we can look up through the roof, we can see the stars. And when we look into the sky, it reminds us of, of Hashem, it reminds us of God, how we're under the, the, the authority of a creator. And we just begin to thank Him that, that you know, we live in an earth where, where God is here and He's taking care of and providing for His people. So some of you will actually build a sukkah, others will not, but you're interested in applying the principles of this to your life today. And I want to speak to all my beloved uh, uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord, especially I'm speaking for a moment to those of you that are Gentile and are not going to be uh, necessarily building a sukkah. I just want to stress that there is real opportunity for blessing for you in understanding this holy day. Because when the Lord introduced this day, He didn't say this was a Jewish holy day. The Lord said, this is my appointed day. So He said, this is my Yahweh speaking, he said, this is my appointed day. And so, because this is Father God's appointed day and you've been grafted in to a relationship with him, into covenant with him through Messiah Jesus, that those that were once far off, the Lord says, speaking of the Gentiles, have now been brought near through the blood of Jesus, that the dividing wall that separated the Lord from Gentile people has been broken down. Now Jew and Gentile are one in Messiah. Amen. And so now, because you're one with Hashem through Jesus, His holy days have application for your life today. So there's principles that when applied to our life can become opportunities for spiritual blessing. We're not under the law, but let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater because the law has got self-revelation and there's an opportunity for us to be blessed. This is why Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 13, he said every scribe, and a scribe was a Jewish teacher that knew the Torah, and he said every scribe that becomes a disciple of mine will be like the owner of a mansion that's able to bring forth from that mansion treasures old and new. In other words, that as New Testament believers, there are treasures for us, both in the New Testament, the Birchad Shah, but also in the ancient writings in the Torah. Mm. This is why Jesus said, do not think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets, for I've not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Now I know, Jennifer, you're uh, someone that really has kind of embraced this whole uh, Hebraic concept as a Gentile in your life, not as someone that's under the law, but just as someone that you just appreciate it because you love God. And, you know, just because you love him, this kind of love for who he is as the God of the Hebrews and the revelation that he gave us in the Hebrew Bible, you know, is just something that's close to your heart. And I know that you've celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles before in your congregation. When you think about the Feast of Tabernacles, what to you warms your heart? I think to me, um, especially the message that God dwells with us, even despite our sin, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, coming off of like Yom Kippur and many people out there feeling really sorrowful for their sins. They don't believe that God loves them. They don't mm -hmm. believe anymore that God, you know, they believe God abandoned them. Mm -hmm. And to me, to know that Christ died for us, to know that it's not just a conditional thing, 
you know, you sinned once and, oh, okay, now you sinned 400 times, I'm leaving you now. Mm. But rather that he died and he paid the price for our sins. Mm. And to me, like um, when said God dwells with us, is that he never leaves us or forsakes us. Wow. You know, I'm thinking, Jennifer, in relationship to what you're saying, Israel was in the wilderness how long, Brandon? 40 years. And do you know for 40 years, every single day, visibly, the Spirit of God manifest mm. as a divine fire in the nighttime that rested over the big Mishkan, the big tabernacle that, uh, that housed the Ark of the Covenant. And then when the day came, the fire turned into a glory cloud. So for 40 years, Israel literally saw the presence of Hashem dwelling with them. Amazing. And so, yeah, and, 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 and Israel, as long as the fire and the cloud, the glory cloud remained over the, the, the Mishkan, the main tabernacle that housed the Ark of the Covenant, which housed the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. as long as the fire stayed over it, they camped in that same location. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But whether it was sometimes two days, sometimes it was two months, sometimes two years, eventually the fire and the cloud would lift and move. Mm -hmm. And whenever the fire and the cloud lifted and moved, the children of Israel picked up camp mm -hmm. and they fouled the fire in the cloud wherever it moved to. But they never knew when it was going to move mm -hmm. and where it was going to move to. Yeah. And so it's not only about God dwelling with us, but it's about us dwelling with Him. Because if they would not have moved when the fire moved or when the cloud moved, you know what would have happened? they would have ended up dying where they were. Because there was only provision when they fouled the, 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 the manifestation of God's presence. And so that really speaks to us of the, the importance of being flexible in our lives. To experience God's dwelling with us, we can't, you know, put God on our terms and say, well, God, uh, you know, um, I'll go with you uh, next week. I, I think I'll be in a better mood. Yeah. And Lord, uh, I'm not really quite ready to obey on that one, but just hold tight, God, and uh, be on standby, and I'll let you know when I'd like to talk further. No, it's like, when he moves, we've got to move. And if we don't yield and follow, we'll perish. We'll die. We'll end up withering in our spiritual life and potentially end up being separated from God. There are so many lessons from the Feast of Tabernacle. The truth is, I've got 10 different points here. I haven't started any of them yet. <laughs> All we did today is we got warmed up and we got comfortable. In next week's broadcast, God willing, I'm going to go through 10 specific applications that you can take away and apply to your life from the Feast of Tabernacles. Whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, these applications will have meaning and relevance for you. And like myself, when I first started internalizing the, 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 the revelation in this holy day and applying it to our life, truly a freedom came over me that was a brand new thing. So, beloved, I want to say to you, as we're in this special holy season today, Chag Sameach, happy holidays. It's a very happy time of year. It's a time to be thankful for all that the Lord has done for us. It's a time to be thankful for the fact that He's brought us to this place in our life. And perhaps most of all, it's a time to be thankful that soon you and I, as we keep our eyes on King Jesus, will be going to heaven. Jesus said, rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So, Father, we want to thank you today for who you are and for the future and destiny we have in you, in King Jesus' name. 
The Feast of Tabernacles climaxes the fall holy days. It's a feast of ingathering, it's a feast of celebration, it's a feast of being thankful. It took place originally in a very agricultural society, and it was the last of the fall harvests that Israel was celebrating before the Lord and thanking Him for. It was so important that the Lord commanded every Israelite to come to Jerusalem and to present Him a special offering of thanksgiving. So I want to encourage us today as God's children, Jew and Gentile alike, let's practice being thankful during this time of year. Let's practice an attitude of gratitude and let's honor the Lord by giving Him something back because of all that He's given to us. He's looking for that divine exchange, beloved. He gives to us, we give to Him, He gives to us, and it's a circle that just keeps on going. So I want to say to you today, Hag Sameach to you, Happy Holiday, and I hope that you experience something very special in your relationship with Hashem. Send your special Feast of Tabernacles offering to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com, call 1-800-777-7835, or text the keyword RABBI to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh <laughs> Vihunecha Yisayahweh penavelecha Veasem lecha May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, his beloved child, to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, continue celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles with Rabbi and learn specific applications of this holy day that will enhance your walk with the Lord.